Welcome to this edition of the Million Dollar Mastermind Podcast. This is where we pick the brains of high achievers from all walks of life and get their hard-earned, real-world insights on winning. I'm your host, Larry Wydell. I've always loved math, just math and statistics and numbers. Like I just, I tell people I always have math and numbers running, you know, running around my head. And um, I kind of, you know, taking you back to my origin story of my very first business, I was 10 years old. I asked my parents for $200 for a boom box and they said, nope, go find a way to make your own money. We're not going to give you $200, you know, get out of here. And uh, they're like, the only money you get from us is uh, $4 a week to cut the grass. And I'm like, hey, okay, I, I make $4 a week cutting grass. If I could go make, you know, that 10 more times in a week, that's, that's, a, that's a great deal. So I asked if I could use their lawnmower. I went and proceeded to knock on neighbors' doors and, you know, charge anywhere from 10 to $15 to, to mow, mow grass for the neighbors. And I landed a few accounts. So just in my mind, as I'm doing that, I'm thinking, okay, if I do this many you know, this many lawns, I knock on this many doors, I'll earn this much money. And then I'll have my, my end game end goal, my, my boom box, right. in right. three and a half weeks or, or whatever it is. So I, I literally, I had a little notepad of how many doors I knocked on, how many accounts I landed. And it's just, that's how that process worked for me. That whole ROI, the whole process of determining that seeing, you know, seeing what worked um, has something I've just, I've always really naturally enjoyed it. And and I didn't know at 10 years old that like this is a fundamental thing you should track in business. It's just kind of how my how my brain was wired. It is amazing how many people that turn into entrepreneurs started when they were kids with they had an experience like that. When I was eight years old, I don't know why. I I I have no idea how any of this was like surreal, but I saw in TV Guide an ad that you could sell TV guides. Now this is back in the 1820s, you know, because I'm ancient. Yes. But uh, uh, for the 15 cents for a TV guide, and, uh, you know, that was how you found out what was on TV. There was nothing else. You know, there was no uh, cable or no internet. And there's none of these guides that are on TV now. So you had to go to TV Guide. And somehow I built up a route in our neighborhood of 50 houses that I'd so collect the 15 cents, give them their thing. I'd keep four cents and I'd send a check to the company for 11 cents times 50. And I was an entrepreneur. And that, you know, when you're young and that gets in your system, it never leaves. You know, yeah. I wish someone had come along and told me about the lawn thing because I could have made a whole lot more money, you know, cutting grass. Yeah, the lawns was was great, and then that turned into shoveling snow, and then uh, you know, peddling candy bars out of the uh, the middle school locker. So, no, it was always a fun endeavor. Like that's business was something for me that I really found, you know, identity and purpose and acceptance in. I mean, I wasn't the you know, I wasn't the uh, the sports kid, the jock. You know, um, I had big big buck teeth and uh, some headgear. I uh, got, got bullied and, and beat up a lot growing up. So, I mean, business was just kind of my outlet and my escape. And I've just, just totally, totally leaned into it. So what got your attention as your first, what was captured your imagination and when uh, got, did you get started in business? 
Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the, the story I just shared that being, being 10 and mowing lawns, I mean, that was like, Hey, you know, here, I, I want a boom box. I've got some resources to go and, um, mow, mow lawns and count money and, and make my money. So I was always doing a little bit of that while I was going through, you know, school, middle school, high school. But, you know, I'd say what my first, you know, official business was, um, when I was in college. So from 1999 to 2003, I was at Colorado State University here in Fort Collins, and um, I got approached by a national college painting company. So basically, they offer students uh, an opportunity, an internship with them to learn all about the the painting industry. So it was a very um, sales and marketing focused and driven organization. So that kind of brought me back to my roots. You know, I'm 18, 19, uh, getting getting back to that. So I made. Um, gosh, I made six figures over four years in college painting houses. And I just shared that number because I managed to, uh, spend like twice what I made graduate, (laughs) graduate Colorado state. And, you know, I wasn't going to stay in painting. It's a, you know, it's a dirty, dirty business, hard work. You're sweating in the summer. It's seasonal. Like here's all the reasons I didn't like it. And I actually was a bad painter. So I jump into the mortgage business back in, you know, 2003, four, five. And and, um, you know, if you remember those days, everybody was in it, everybody was able to make, you know, some, some good amounts of money, but I uh, ended up working for a very conservative bank that, um, I just, we didn't get along. I had to wear a, a suit and tie to the office every day and meet these quotas and make these calls. And, you know, I was planning my escape from the bank and, um, literally one day the, uh, the bank mortgage, uh, bank president, the mortgage division calls me in and fires me. Um, can we, can we curse on, can we curse on the show if it's quoting? I think you probably will, but go ahead. He, yeah. I mean, he, he said, put all your shit in a box. You know, he literally, I, like I had not even met the guy yet. It was the new, the new incoming president. He's like, Matt, you know, I'm so-and-so put your shit in a box. You're fired. And I'm um, standing there in shock and went and grabbed everything and literally stepped out. So you, you know, you asked about when it, when it really clicked for me. I mean, my, my first official business is, you know, it's March, 2005. I'm 20. What, 22, 23 years old, recently married, lots of debt, um, you know, have these dreams to go conquer something in the business world, not really right. knowing yet. And all I knew how to do was paint houses. So I literally grabbed my stuff, stepped into the parking lot and I, you know, made a couple of vows. I'm like, Hey, I'm never going to work for somebody again. I pulled off the tie. I'm like, I'm never wearing a tie to work. I'm just going to be me. I'm a t-shirt and jeans kind of guy. And, um, I'm going to go give this painting thing a run. And that's, that's when our, you know, M and D painting, our painting company launched. And then really never, never looked back. But I remembered those lessons from being nine years old. I'm like, hey, I can knock on this many doors at this time. And I, you know, I know how to do the proposals and the estimates and just got right back into that space very quickly because I, I was forced to. My daughter, she just turned uh, 11. She'll be 12 here um, in a couple of months. And right when she turned 11, you know, all of her friends in school, you know, fifth grade, they're getting cell phones. She goes, dad, dad, I want a cell phone. And I've told my son, who's a little bit older, the same thing, you know, a few years prior, I said, yeah, those are a thousand dollars. And they, they both said to me, well, you, you have a thousand dollars. I said, yeah, I do. You don't, um, you can go figure out a way to, to make that money. And it was really interesting. I don't ever want to like push business on, on right. my kids. You know, I did, I did the little cash flow, Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant. I said, Hey, you go work for somebody, work for yourself, start a business, go invest. And my son, he decided to come work hourly. Um, at our company, just doing uh-huh. doing things around right. the office. You know, he worked his butt off for an entire summer, made that money. Uh, my daughter, you know, little she's wired a little bit differently. She goes, "Well, 
could I do a business? I go, sure, you can start a business. What do you like to do? Well, I love to bake cookies. So um, she started a little cookie baking business and then found, you know, found a way. We really worked a little marketing plan. She sent these cute little emails to people and tracked the return. And, you know, about uh, over about that same time period that that my son had spent, she made her thousand dollars and you know, now they both have their cell phones, but they, you know, they earned them. There's, there's a value that they see there. And there was a real proudness, um, you know, that they had, that they, that they earned that in their own way that they loved. And what you've done there is you struck the fire of internal motivation. You know, there's a carrot stick motivation that will allow you to get through life just because you have to do certain things. And, yep. you know, do this, you get an award. That's all external. But the, the greatness comes from internal motivation. You know, when you're following your gut and things that get you excited and that you want to do, because yep. those are the people that do the extras. And what uh, what you were talking about there is lighting that fire of internal motivation. Like, I can accomplish things, you know. And also the thing about, Make it the idea of education. We're trying to get people, you know, the kids to grow up, have some confidence and be able to think in their yeah. feet, stand in their feet, know how to solve problems, you know. And it's not the lack of education, it's the lack of critical thinking, be able to, you know, problem solving and all. But yeah. if they don't have the motivation, uh, they're just sitting in there playing video games all the time, you know, where where's that? What's that gonna lead to? You know, and yeah. so. Uh, hopefully a career as a professional athlete because they've got plenty of time to play video games uh, right. <laughs> when they're not traveling or actually uh, on the field, you know? So uh, anyway, when you, the other thing that I'd like to point out is you took advantage of an opportunity to get some real world skills from that painting opportunity, you know, because a lot of things come yes. along and we don't take advantage of them. Why did you go, into roofing and what did you really want to tell me about the roofing business we were talking about? Oh yeah, I'll share, I'll share a fun story. So, you know, in, in the painting industry, so Northern Colorado, we get hit with a lot of uh, hailstorms. So 2008, uh, Windsor had a really big tornado that came through and then we ended up, um, you know, doing a lot of painting, but we were painting for these bigger contractors that came in, you know, roof contractors and general contractors. So that was our first exposure into, you know, working with insurance claims and, and just seeing the potential of, of business that was there. So, um, you know, over the years, we, we were just a little scared to go up that high, you know, to go up on the roofs and uh, have to deal with that. We didn't understand really? a lot really? of the, the labor side. Yeah, but we finally wow. in 2020, we, we made the jump. You know, we said, hey, um, we're going to, you know, we're going to jump in and we're going to we're going to learn the business. We We connected with a really great crew. They've done this for for decades. And um, yeah, so the the roofing side is relatively new, but I'll share kind of a fun story. So when there's a hailstorm here, um, and it's usually every couple of years, you'll get a you'll get a really big right. hailstorm. The roofers, they flock from all over, from you know, Denver, the other big Colorado cities, Colorado Springs, they come in from Texas, they come in from everywhere. And literally 7 a.m. the morning after the storm, these guys just pounding on people's doors you know, in residential right. neighborhoods and it's, it's high pressure. It's they're, they're lying. I mean, everything. So that's, that's where that initial, you know, on the initial bell curve, there's a good chunk of money right there. So we go out and um, that's just like, we, we knock on doors, right. But we have a totally different approach, but we go out this next day, it's 2 PM and they, they'd already had 30 people knock on their door. So we're knocking on doors and yeah. 
just, you know, I'm getting very frustrated and disheartened because I'm knocking on a door and some, some guy that looks like he just got out of prison. He's standing, you know, two feet behind me getting ready to knock on the door. And this homeowner is just wide eyed, like, holy cow, what's going on? So I came back to the office and I'm like, guys, we got to do something different. Um, you know, what is everybody doing? They're knocking on doors. And we said, you know, what if we're the roofer that doesn't knock on doors? You know, we kind of thought about that and I love, I love Spanish coffee, right? So, um, I, I bring back coffee from Spain. We have a little coffee bar at our office. And I said, Hey, what if we knock on doors and we offer people these, these Spanish coffee kits, right? Cause we sell them online and everything. Uh-huh. And, um, you you know, one of my team members, they, they, they go even one step further. They're like, well, why don't we just reach out to a local coffee shop? and see if we can go there every Friday morning and for two hours, just pay for everybody's coffee that comes in. So we, we have this light bulb moment. So check this out, like 20, 30 roofers knocking on the door and these homeowners, they're just flying the middle finger, get off my doorstep, like get, leave me alone, leave me alone. So then we come out, we made these little postcards, knocked on the door. Um, hey, I'm Matt, I'm with M&D Roofing, but not here to talk to you about your roof. And they kind of looked at me, right? So like, that's my my hook. They go, what do you mean? So I just wanted to invite you to free coffee. We're buying coffee for all the neighbors over at the, you know, Ziggy's 8, 8 to 10 a.m. And they kind of look at me and they're like, what? I said, yeah, come on over, get some coffee. And then I, I take off. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want, I don't want to climb on your roof. I don't need your insurance yeah. papers, any of that. And they're like, well, can you look at my roof? So all of a sudden, just this, you know, this little shift, um, you know, we landed close to, I think we last checked about, about $400,000 worth of work over, let's see, we spent uh, eight weeks and probably $10,000 on coffee at, at a local coffee shop. So we're, we're giving money to the local business community. We're, we're meeting with people and we literally would just sit at the coffee shop and, hey, have a nice day. Enjoy your coffee. Of course we want business, right? Like we right. run business to feed our yeah. family, but you know, we're not sitting here just, just pounding their door with the same BS that all these other guys are doing and um, was really refreshing. I mean, it was fun for us. We really enjoyed it. And again, $10,000 lands us 400000 Talk about the experience of coming through that uh, writing the book and it doesn't sell itself because, you know, uh, there are a lot of people that have made it through writing the book and then they're shocked that it doesn't sell itself, you know? So I've got yeah. friends all the time writing books and then they don't, they, you know, they're like you, you know, like I'm sure you've got friends or same thing. They see you write a book and say, well, okay, I've wanted to write a book. Okay. Now I'll do it. But then, yeah. then they're surprised, uh, and not all the marketing works, but you've got to do marketing, you know, and a lot of it's to find out what works and what doesn't work. But what what have you yeah. found out about marketing a book? You know, what I, what I found out is, yeah, well, I, I'll kind of even back up one step is it's like, well, why why are you writing the book? You know, I meet so many you know business owners and they they did a self-published paperback. They 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 wrote it, you know, right. proof read it once. And it's like their business card, right? So it's like, you know, they're an author. They're they're an author technically on paper, but it's like, are you an author? You know, like where right. you are going out and you have a message to share and you're really passionate about it. So, I mean, I, did, I didn't know that when I wrote the book. I just thought people are going to be like, oh, Matt, yeah, buy, buy his book. But you, it's just like anything, you know, with painting. I, I was knocking on doors. I knocked on this many doors. I did this many proposals. It's like, what is the method you're going to use to, to sell that book. And there's, there's so many ways you can do it. I'm, I'm going to go on a podcast. There'll, there'll definitely be listeners right. that 
purchase your book. Um, I bumped into a guy in Las Vegas, kind of a crazy story. It's uh, I'm an early riser. I'm in Las Vegas at five in the morning, uh, waking up to start my day. You know, a lot of people are, are wrapping up their evening. And there's yeah. this really cool gentleman. Just he sits there. He goes there 4 a.m. every morning and he has a, a little sign. He's a realtor and he has a book. So he's got his realtor sign and his book and people walk in and he sells, you know, two or three books a day. Right. So you do yeah. that every day. That's a thousand books a year. Like that's, that's his method. He's committed to that. He's passionate about the message that he's sharing. So you have to, there needs to be a bigger reason behind it because it's, um, it's a huge time investment. Uh, it's a huge financial investment, whether you're directly paying for these services to put the right. book together, you're also stepping away from whatever you're earning potential is. Right. Um, and you've got to be committed and you've got to look at it through a, through a 10 year, a 10 year window, you know? Right. Um, but again, your method, your method is, is your method. Yeah. And so talk about now, uh, what you've learned by speaking to other groups, you know, and basically, yeah. Are you continuing to learn? You know, that's what, you know, are, how motivated are you compared to when you got started all as you know, your you've gone, you know, your five, 10, 15, 20 year, uh, stages along the uh, journey yeah. being an entrepreneur, uh, has it been worth it? You know, would you, can you imagine yourself doing anything else? How's your life? What kind of life have you been able to build for yourself? Yeah. So a lot, a lot of questions there, you know, I, I am definitely still, still motivated. I'd say more motivated, you know, in 2005, I'm, I'm fired. I need to make $2,800 in 28 days. And I know how to go do it knocking on doors. So back then, Hey, I'm Matt. I want your money. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking about purpose, vision, pouring into people, leadership, uh, being vulnerable. I'm like, give me your money. Like it yeah. was, it was, you know, cog, cog in a wheel, make the numbers work. And now like you have kids, whoa, I'm responsible for teaching them lessons about life. And Ooh, I have kids now I'm really seeing, you know, some, some past, uh, say traumas or things that I went through in my childhood that I'm like seeing pass over to my kids. Well, I've got to deal with that. I've got to go on this journey of self-discovery and finding out um, that, that I can be a better person and, and business is a vehicle to help me do that. So my motivation is the, it's stronger than it was and it's for, for different reasons, but gosh, I know I could not imagine ever working for anybody ever again, you know, after getting a taste of, of business, uh, something I love, something I'm great at, and it's something that others need. And I really view everything as like, how do you go out and help people every day? You know, how do you make their lives better? Um, you know, we own six companies technically here and everyone's a little different. We have a jujitsu academy. We, we sell an online drywall repair tool and in different ways we get to help people make their life better. That's the consistent thing. Thanks for listening to the Million Dollar Mastermind. If you felt there were any valuable takeaways from this episode, please take a minute and leave us a five-star review. Your feedback is important and really helps us get the word out to a wider audience. Remember, we have a valuable webinar that is absolutely free. Register for it right now at whiteallenwinning.com. Thanks for listening.